My name's Pete Lawson. You're listening to A Portrait of Excellence, the Gay Times Honours Podcast. The Jackie Forster Gay Times Honour for TV, media, film and entertainment goes to EastEnders. Lewis, didn't you go all the way to Albert Square for this one? I sure did, and I absolutely loved every second of it. The Queen Vic looks absolutely amazing in real life. I caught up with Pete Lawson, who is a scriptwriter on EastEnders, who has worked with the soap throughout numerous LGBT storylines, including Christine and Zaid's affair and eventual relationship, Johnny Carter coming out to Mick Carter, played by Danny Dyer in that very poignant scene, and Ben Mitchell coming out to Hard Man Phil Mitchell. Um, but mainly we were talking about how these LGBT storylines work as a Trojan horse into people's homes for people who don't usually come into contact with gay drama and sparks conversations between teens and people struggling with their sexuality and their parents. I've been part of the writing team on EastEnders for the last nine years and so I've written about 120, 130 episodes. And did you obviously have input to what the storylines are going to be as well? Or do you just strictly write the, the, the scripts? Both. They have, there's, uh, yes, the team of writers mm-hmm. were, were involved at different times in coming up with storylines and pitching ideas, uh, along with a story team here who are like permanent, that their job is to create storylines and take stories for, that have been pitched by writers or producers uh, and break that down. So we'll have meetings. Uh, or go away for conferences for a couple of days at a time and look at who haven't we got stories for, what do we want to tell that we haven't told, what do we think we should explore, uh, and come up with kind of big stuff. And then obviously uh, production the producers will have a look at that and go, actually, we're going to tell this, and uh, we'll, we'll use this one and not that one, or wherever they want to go. And then the story team here, who are brilliant, will look at that, it, break that down into sort of six month arcs and then break it down a month at a time uh, and so then once a month that will come back to us as writers mm. as here is a kind of day by day breakdown of the four or five episodes uh, four or five storylines each day that we want to tell and they'll say to me can you in the third week of this month can you do the Monday Tuesday and it's going to be this so sometimes you're telling stories that you've had no input into at all yeah. And sometimes you're telling stories that you might have pitched from the start. And before you um, you started working, you said that I imagine you were a fan of the show. I loved it. From when it started, I was, I was just coming to the end of my school days when it started. So kind of late teens, enders turned up. And it was just a breath of fresh air. And it was just in your face, and it was grittier, and it was darker, and it just it looked different. It was, you know, the colours were different, and the characters were suddenly it was much more multicultural, and it was younger, and it was it was just a fantastic breath of fresh air. So I imagine at that age you kind of saw the whole Colin and Barry kind of the the first. Colin was fantastic. Gay kiss. Yeah. What are your memories from watching that as a viewer back in the 80s? My memories are more... I mean, the kiss itself, I just remember that you knew this was coming and it was the kind of landmark thing to put on TV. But it was more what I remember as the introduction of Colin as a character, that just having... And it's so hard to think of it now, but just to have a gay character 
in a mainstream show, in something that was in your living rooms twice a week, because it was twice a week at that point, was massive. You know, when I was, when I was a teen, if you wanted to see anything that had maybe a bit of homosexuality in it, you were looking at Channel 4, which had only been around for a couple of years there anyhow, late on a Friday night at three in the morning with a red triangle in the corner going, oh, this is a bit juicy and this is a bit naughty. And suddenly you had a gay character right in the heart of this massive BBC soap. And it was, it was just really exciting. It's a young gay person, even though in some ways you didn't identify with it, uh, with the characters themselves, because their lives were different to me being a 17-year-old living in Birmingham with a boyfriend and a girlfriend and parents who didn't know and to have the you know Colin down in London but it was just there and it was out there and your your mates could talk about it and you know I mean now every every TV show has gay characters in different ways just because they show life and that is part of life and you can't really put you know, a dozen people on screen without one of them being gay because that is life. But at the time, it was so brave and different. And I mean, the kiss itself—you kind of went a bit. Oh, is that? It was just a peck. It, it was a little peck, but yeah. it was so. Which again now feels laughable. <laughs> that you go, what really? The country lost itself over a peck on a head. But it, you forget that you just weren't seeing these things. Yeah. And so I think it was so. It was so important, and it was so important how they did it through a friendship with Dot. Mm. Not the kiss, that'd be weird to do that through <laughs> Dot. Uh, but to tell that storyline, yeah. that they kind of clearly knew this is going to be a big thing for a lot of our audience, mm. and so we will take a character for whom it is also a big thing, and then you tell that journey. I think we do that a lot, that you're aware of what journey an audience are going to go on, and you say, how can we how can we take you on that and I think there's a I think there's a territory that is like just outside of people's comfort zones just outside of what they used to which is when minds change and if you go too far and if you go way beyond out of a world that looks like the life people know and that is out of their comfort zone and people's defences come up and they go, I'm not watching that, or I'm turning over, or I don't feel comfy with that, or now that's just all, that's something weird. It's not, but you take something that is just that bit beyond, and audience go, yeah, this is great, oh, I like that character, like, oh, oh, he's gay. Oh, I'm not sure what I think about that. Or I'll have a bit of a conversation about it. But actually a couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years down the line, it will just be, oh, Colin's that gay guy of EastEnders, and it stops being something that I feel outraged about or feel weird about. And then, through seeing him differently, I'm now seeing my neighbours a bit differently, my workmates a bit differently, my nephew, my whatever it is. It just it gives an audience that space yeah. to say, do you know what? Actually, they're not that different mm. from us. They really are people too. And yeah. And when you're writing the drama that surrounds these characters, yeah. um, how difficult is it to like? find the balance between you obviously want the juicy storyline you yeah. want there to be some sort of sensations in there but at the same time you want these characters to remain authentic and for people to be able to relate to them so how difficult is it to find that balance between the drama and the characters i think i mean i think it's a, it's a, it's a series we never 
head for sensationalism. As a writer, I want to write truth. I want to write emotional truth about a world that I see around me. At times, stories are bigger than others. At times, things happen to people that are bigger than others. If you know, if, if your lover gets beaten to death on the street, that is a bigger, more heightened drama than you getting together with them in the first place. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's sensational. And I think I think sensationalism turns people off. You lose the. You're either just being obviously in people's face, and going, "Yeah, what do you think of this? What do you think of this?" Then, uh, and most people, and that's you. You don't bring them with you. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing it because you want people to change what they think, then it often doesn't work. I think in TV, but from a story point of view, you're you you've lost the truth of that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore you lose the emotional truth of the story. So I think there's nothing that we wouldn't tell because we'd say that is too big or too dramatic or even too unusual. You know, at times we tell stories that 95% of the country will have been through. You tell stories of people falling in love and we all at some point will have done that. We then tell stories that might affect you know, half a percent of the country might have actually gone through that, but you tell it in a way that we all go, actually, I can relate to that, I can see it, and somewhere in between are, are where most of our stories lie. So I think you have to be, as a writer, you have to be true to your characters. Going back to, to the 80s of Colin and yeah, yeah. your 17-year-old teenager, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of figuring out your, your, your sexuality, Yeah. Um, it was pretty much figured out. Okay, I was going to say, like, <laughs> when, with, the, with the reaction to, to that storyline in particular in that case, and you obviously you've just seen the reaction of your friends and your family, did it, did it influence your coming out journey in any way? Did it give you any insights of what the people around you think of, of gay relationships? How, how did it have an impact on you personally? Uh, it did, for those reasons that you've just said. It was... Probably I was more aware just before then. It was kind of the era of new romance and the music industry was suddenly full of Boy George and People and Frankie Goes to Hollywood. And so for me, probably the first times that you and your mates would talk about sexuality and people being gay or whatever came from a music point of view. probably just because Enders was three years too late for me, for my kind of 13, 14 year old mates to talk about it. Uh, but it was one more thing that you would, would be discussed in the playground or would be discussed, uh, not massively at home because my parents wouldn't watch EastEnders and I was pretty sure that, and they were quite liberal anyhow. Uh, but I think that's one of the best things that, I think that's one of the really important things that soap does on every level is we give people a chance to have conversations Mm. and our audience tell us that all the time whether it's you know whether it's two teens discussing whether we're ready to have sex in a relationship or it's a 40 year old with cancer Mm. or it's someone you know dying or whatever those things are our audience say you know we sat and we you in a non-threatening way you get to have conversations 
on the sofa or around the dinner table if you're still a family and have a dinner table uh, but more often on the sofa that you don't you get to explore those things mm. and parents really value that with teens they go you know we could have that conversation about drugs without me having to go do you and your mates take drugs and blah 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 and then as teenagers you go no uh, get off my head you can just talk about what you've seen on screen and that is so important and people tell us all the time I saw that and that gave me the courage and the strength to to change my life to see people differently it happened to me with, with Christian and Saeed okay when they kissed I must be what 2009 2010 yeah. when that time my dad didn't have the reaction to that kiss when I was watching it with him that I thought he'd have it was a negative reaction and I thought oh my god my dad's gonna he's gonna be really really like upset when I come yeah. back and in the end he was perfectly fine and I actually mentioned this to him a couple of weeks ago I was like the reason I prolonged my coming out was because of your reaction to uh, Christian and Saeed kissing in Eastenders once and he was mortified why because of it yeah and he was like oh I can't believe I ever reacted like that so he's obviously changed his view on it but it does confront when you're sitting down and watching these programs with your family it does confront those kind of issues that you don't realise other family members are having yeah and I think we do it it enables you as the, even if like that you get the result that you're not thinking mm. you get an idea of you know what temperature the water is rather than you having to bring it up because I'd imagine you wouldn't think oh I'm just going to ask my dad today what do you think of gay people is it because that then becomes very exposing or scary and it's the gentler way of us testing the water on all sorts of things and often changing what those people think one of the brilliant things about the Christian Saeed story uh, which I was really involved with was we saw so many people who came into that going I'm not sure what I think about this oh I think it's wrong uh, being gay is wrong whether that's because I think it's un-Islamic and I'm coming at it from that point of view or just I'm a, I'm a non-Muslim viewer and I don't want that in my face whatever and two years three years down the line they're there fighting for this couple to be together and to stay together and celebrating them getting married and I think it's really powerful what people do before I joined Enders I say for a while I was a volunteer at London Lesbian and Gay Switchboard as it was at the time brilliant brilliant organisation and I remember being a volunteer when Tony and Simon were just becoming a couple and Tony was working out that he was probably bisexual and therefore really should get off with his girlfriend's brother because we're soap and that's what you do yeah, rather yeah. than uh, looking all the time, all the time doesn't it uh, so that was the that wasn't my coming out experience actually <laughs> uh, I can't even think whether I'd have wanted it to be but uh, yeah and I remember being, being on the phones the night that they first he first expressed his his feelings for Simon and kissed him and and it's just going slightly crazy with people calling up, but having a really, really long conversation with a man in tears, saying that was my life. I have just, I've watched this, and I've realised that I am Tony, and I have been in denial about this, and I want to do something about this, and I want to tell, and whoever he wanted to tell, and, and just really bringing home to me how powerful drama can be. 
and especially I think how powerful soap can be I think there's something I think when we tell gay storylines we're taking a we have a drama series that people watch for all sorts of reasons yeah. and it's there and it's right in your living room and it's in your living room two three four five times a week whichever you say so it's part of the furniture and it's there whereas if you create if I if you write a gay film or a series which has this its main thing you know you write queer as folk whatever these are which are all a great brilliant things you are generally playing to the converted you're playing to people who have chosen to I'm going to go to the cinema and I'm going to hand over my however much it now costs it's aimed at a demographic a specific demographic yeah. yeah and that's and like I said it's still all of that is really important but we get those people who would never go near a a gay TV show or a gay film or whatever and get to show them the same stories and fall in love with the same characters and go oh actually maybe I don't quite think that maybe I do think different I wanted to touch upon Christian Saeed as you said yeah. you worked quite a bit on, on that storyline how much sort of research goes into how you want these characters journeys to sort of play out especially with Saeed because there's that tension between faith and sexuality yeah. I imagine you've got to be very very sensitive with how you portray that character on TV but at the same time you want to remain true to how you'd be feeling and present it in a in a real as possible way so how do you navigate that going through the the, the, pr the process of, of creating those storylines you we have a we have a fantastic research department here mm. uh, who are just one of the motors of the whole show so they on that particular storyline they went out and found organizations uh, who were specifically working with Muslim gay men and lesbians we had some feedback we had some research from but specifically you say let us find people who for whom that has been their journey and let's find out how it worked for them and we would have religious advisors who would just you know look at this would be a mainstream Muslim response mm. this is how an imam might feel about that this is how a couple of muslim parents of that background pakistani british one was british raised one was from mum was from pakistan and come over so different you know there's a whole load of different things that you're navigating in terms of so we're always very good at getting research then as writers you have your own experience mm. uh, so I've got Muslim gay friends uh, so you bring in bits of that you also have other you have your own experience as a gay man and what that feels like coming out even if it's in a different the specifics are different but you still ha you, you find the bits of truth that resonate uh, I'm in a mixed race relationship my partner's Indian Hindu not Muslim so there are some things that are very different but there's other things that you draw on just knowing what that feels like to be with someone 
with a different cultural background and a family set up that therefore culturally is different to your own. So you look at how to draw on all of that and then you push all of that aside and say, but what is the truth of these characters? Because actually Said was Said and he wasn't representative of every Muslim young man who's come out as gay. Uh, he was him with a whole load of other things driving how he reacted to things than just his religion or his culture. He, you know, also he had his own kind of his own personality traits, everything that made him who he was. So you kind of go, and at times with research, people go, "Oh, this wouldn't happen," and you go, "Well, actually, it, w- it m- this might not happen in the majority of cases." But it would. You're always looking for, is this possible? Not always looking for, is this probable? But I think when it's something like, when we we were so aware that we were telling a story that had not been told, uh, and therefore you've got a responsibility to getting that right, making it believable. And, And yeah, hopefully, A, most of all, telling a beautiful, big, romantic grab you by the heart story because it's a storyteller that you want but also that you're telling a a story that tells the reality of being a young gay Muslim in the UK negotiating your way towards coming out and going from I will have a stolen kiss and feel awful about it that's the best thing. Stony kisses are, are always good. Uh, but it was just, and it was a fantastic forbidden love story. And it was... Uh, but going from that to someone who would stand up to their community and go, I'm out and I'm gay, and negotiating. It was so important to take time over negotiating that relationship with his family and with both his mum and dad and to get to the point where they could get married or civil partners as it was at the time. Yeah. And I suppose that was probably your, it would have been your first instance where you were on this side of EastEnders behind the scenes and a, and a gay storyline is unfolding and you can see the impact on the other side rather than yeah. as a viewer. Um, how, how did you find that? Looking back now, was, did you have a positive response with a... What were your memories of that time and the reaction to that storyline? The reaction that a series we got for that was almost overwhelmingly positive, mm. uh, which was which was quite incredible, which was a bit of a sign of the times, but also actually a validation of how we told that story, that we told it gently and slowly and it was beautifully acted. Uh, so it was hugely satisfying. It's one of the most satisfying bits of writing that I've been part of. Coming out is such a long journey. We talk about it as if it's a thing sometimes, as if just one day we all go, okay, uh, yesterday I wasn't gay, but today I'm gay. It was just a conversation. And now I've just, yeah, and now I've said it, and I've said it once, and now I'm it, and it's not, you know, it's something I mean, physically, in terms of telling other people, it's something that never stops in your whole 
life, yeah. you're still, uh, you know, every time I meet someone, there is still an element of coming out. You don't tend to do it by going, oh, by the way, I'm gay, but you talk about your part, you talk about whatever. It's still a thing that you're doing, but just that journey for you, for us ourselves, for most of us, it takes months, years, from realising that actually I quite fancy boys to what that might mean to me telling it's a, it's a it's a long thing and for families it can be a long period of you know your feelings about your children don't suddenly change it's not just about that one time when you suddenly realize my son is gay and even if that whether your reaction at that point is great or it's oh my god it's still a big journey that you need to go on and we get to show people doing that and I think that's what we showed with Zainab through that mm. was just it's complicated and she was clearly torn between this is my son and I love my son and this is something that my religion says is wrong and is sinful and that my culture says is wrong and that my life experience hasn't yet given me a space to, to do and we went with her and you know, I know that to the, at the start of that story, Nina Wadia, who played Zainab, was worried that people would hate her because she was quite virulently homophobic to begin with. And with both her and Masood, we gave them some horrific things to say at times, not nearly as horrific as what many people get as a response. Uh, but we didn't. We said, no, trust us, because an audience love you and can see what you're going through and can see that you're struggling and we will take them on a journey with you and you know you have that power to to do that and if you if we'd told that in a way that these characters had just acted out of character and straight away had thrown their hands around their gay son and gone this is brilliant then we would feel that's not real mm. and that's not true and that's not true to that character and that's not the character that we've grown to know and also you're not giving that audience a chance to change what they think. Because if I'm feeling like Zainab myself, and she doesn't act how I would act, then I'm not, I can't go on a journey because I'm just pushed out. I'm left feeling that my feelings are wrong. Whereas instead I go, yeah, actually I can identify with that. That's what I'd do if that was my son, that's whatever. And then I, you give me space to change what I think. There's been, there's been a few coming out storylines on EastEnders in recent years. Yeah. And two quite different reactions. When you look at Johnny Carter and Mick, Mick was obviously very, very supportive in, in that moment. Whereas when you look at Ben Mitchell and Phil, Phil basically ran off yeah. as soon as he told him. In terms of Johnny's coming out storyline, did you think it was important to show Mick was supportive? Because there's kind of this stereotype that the dad's going to have the, the problem with yeah. the son being gay more than the mother. Yeah. So it's important to show that actually that's not always the case. And that very much, Dom, Dominic Treadwell-Collins, who was the exec at the time, uh, was very clear that he wanted to tell a story which was the dad didn't have a problem and it was the mum who was finding it difficult. And partly because that was a story that is less often told 
reduced and it and so it's an interesting story it's also it's so interesting as a character that we'd got and it happened within weeks of the Carters rocking up on screen and suddenly Danny Dyer was on telly and this is you know big hard man so that was really important it was really important in developing his character that actually it established right from the start this is not who you think this this is not who you expect Danny Dyer on EastEnders is going to be this is Mick Carter and he is a very different person and he is a dad who is a fantastic dad and stands by his kids one of the things I was saying to Pete was it was refreshing that it was the father that was alright with the son being gay when usually a lot of gay men worry that it's their dad that's going to have yeah. the most problems with it and whatever I represented at that time in the press of being Danny Dyer, whatever that means, you know, being the alpha male, being a bit, you know, Jack the Lad, being, you know, for somebody, that's why it was, I thought it was great that they used me and whatever my persona was, you know, for me to go, it's fine. I think I had a massive impact mm. because I think just in general, the, you know, people have expected whatever that I represented to, to be against it and yeah, and to be... And for, for, for Linda to be the understanding one, and actually it was, it was absolutely flipped on its head, and that's what was powerful. What was the, the response like to that storyline from, from your fans and on, and on social media? We had a really powerful response. I had lots of letters um, from, from a lot of young men that came out because of that scene, and it was really heartwarming, some of the stuff that I read. I didn't want an autograph, I didn't want a picture with me, I just wanted to thank me and the show for being so brutally honest about it. Literally the next day after watching that, they came out and they said it was fine. And, and you know, this job has so, so much, it's a dark side to this job and fame. When you can do stuff like that, just from a performance to give back and have that much of an impact on people's lives, it's a, it can only be a beautiful thing. Mm. So in, in some regards, you sort of, did you see Mick as a, sort of a Trojan horse that kind of guys were tuning in to watch you in your sort of debut? Because it was very soon when you joined the, the show to watch what you're going to be like on the square, this kind of like hard guy. And then all of a sudden it's a very tender moment and you're basically saying it's fine that you are who you are. Yeah, that's, that's again, well, I, I, I was so, I was taken aback by the part because they said, you know, you play Mick Carton, you're coming in, you're going to take over the Vic, you're going to have a bulldog. And I was thinking, oh, here we go. Same old thing. When they said to me, you're going to have a gay son. It's like, okay. And he's going to come out to you. It's going to be one of the first big storylines. And you're going to be absolutely fine with it. I was like, wow, I love that. He said, you're going to wear a pink dressing gown. I was like, oh, this is just like the part I've been waiting for all my life, you know. Because to do the alpha male thing and also be in touch with your feminine side, it's never seen on soap. You're either one thing or the other. Yeah. You're either a gay character or you're, you know, the running around headbutting people and just being generally like, you know, or Mal, or you're sort of an Alfie Moon type character who was sort of the joker and quite sweet and light. Whereas they gave me a character that had all these different sides to him, put it all together. It was, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't frightened to show his emotions, but at the same time, if someone stepped out of line with his family, he'll be the first one and, you know, be on the front line. And I, that's just a gift on a show like this mm. to be able to have all them different layers to play with. And, you know. And it gave Linda a really interesting journey. Mm. Uh, and again we could see a mum who was finding it difficult to partly to come to terms with the fact that her son was gay and then to unpack really what your problems 
with that was and it and that she just didn't want her boy to be hurt yeah. and it it wasn't even particularly it just gave a chance to unpack that and I think it is because it it isn't always easy being gay and it isn't always a easy ride through life or an easy journey and you might get abuse or violence on the street or things all of which we've, we've shown mm. and it was important to ha explore that actually a lot of her fears were just my little baby might have a tougher time than if you were straight and I'd say that that's probably quite a common reaction from others my mum certainly uh -huh. said that to me she, she was fine with me coming out but one of the things she said oh, I don't want you to have a, a tough life I yeah. don't want it to be horrible for you um, and so I think I feel like a lot of people would have related to that reaction yeah. did that come from personal experience someone on the team yourself was it, you know when, when those moments come up in conversations does it come from like experience of, of the writers on the team It'll usually come from someone's experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we and we look for that. We do kind of share quite a lot as writers. Yeah. Uh, and because you have to, and you're always looking for that thing that isn't quite typical. Because it's a story that's therefore probably a story that hasn't been told. And it's interesting, you said we've done quite a lot of coming out stories. And we, and we always have to, you know, when you, when you had Colin, it was so much then was actually my sexuality is my character mm. and that's it I'm just gay Colin and that's the story we're going to tell gay stories about gay Colin in a gay way because we haven't seen gay things gay, gay, gay. and that's it and now we use, it's like yeah and mm. so it becomes part of who the character is uh, and one of the things that defines us and let's not pretend that our sexuality doesn't in some ways shape who we are because it yeah, does but it is one of many things that define who we are uh, and still that experience of coming out is something that in whatever way every LGBT person will go through so we can't not tell that and certainly when we I mean it's different if you if we bring in character like Christian came in as a character who was gay mm. he was in it from the moment he turned up so there was no coming out story that is very different to when we and Johnny we could have done that because the characters turned up Ben has been there since he was born mm -hmm. so somewhere having decided that character would be gay uh, you knew there was going to be a coming out story and I mean him he's had a coming out story that has gone on and on and on he came out he went back in the closet he went back to try and please his dad I will have a girlfriend I will have a baby uh, to then go through a, a second coming out time and it was important to us that and part of the joy of that story was he was Phil Mitchell's son well, there's a clash of identities he's a Mitchell the kind of hard as nails Mitchell no one yeah. is with our family and he's gay yeah. and how do those two sort of come to a head and from a storytelling point of view that is gold yeah. you know my god Phil Mitchell having a gay son is is fantastic uh, and again be unrealistic for him to accept straight off and even now, you know, we play that as a man who struggles to accept his gay son, but who wants to, and who wants to try and realises if I don't, I lose my son. And so for him, it's a really interesting journey. 
and for him a journey of looking at actually what does it mean to be a man and what's masculinity about and which is so inherent with you know Phil right from his upbringing in childhood and for Ben it gives this story of someone who really has struggled with being gay has really struggled with his feelings of attraction to men that he knows he knows who he wants to jump into bed with he's never had a that's never been a question I think in Ben's mind it's I don't want to be seen as that person I can't be seen as that person I can't let my dad down I still have to be a man and what does it mean to be a man and to want to sleep with men and it's a it's a really interesting it's it's an interesting journey as a character yeah I did love the scene with Kathy and Ben where she was like we knew before you went to school it's almost like the sort of like yeah Phil's known for years uh, but he's he's only coming to terms with it now it's, yeah. it's been a journey for him as well I think and we saw way way before Ben said I'm I'm gay I'm one of the one of the first episodes I wrote had uh Ben deciding, Ben Ben loved dance at that point. He wanted to go to dance classes and Peggy would buy him DVDs of dance to watch. And uh, then there was an episode, he decided he was going to recreate Lady Gaga. I can't even remember why. I remember him getting shiny hubcaps from the calf and turning them into an outfit and, and, and just singing and dancing in the front room of their house and Phil walking in on it. And it was, and you kind of knew any of us watching, you just know, all right, that, that, I can't think what he was at the time, must have been maybe 11, 12 or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, we would relate to that and go, okay, I know where this story's going, you haven't worked it out yet, but, uh, but yeah, Phil from that moment would, and way before that moment, would know actually this isn't a rough and tumble lad, like, uh, you know, you just knew. Ben didn't was just who he who he was. Yeah. And so it's a long journey, and then you saw him. We've and you know, and he still struggles in some ways. Ben, I think he struggled. Now I think he st- probably stopped struggling so much with his sexuality. He still struggles with his dad accepting it. Yeah. And going, how do I fit into being a, you know, and took him down a route where trying to deny who I am means I turn to via all that anger, mm. uh, you know, all that self homophobia just turns into anger and violence and you know seems to him go to jail twice mm-hmm. once for beating up another boy and once for killing uh, all of which was linked to you know what happens when you deny who you some sort of who you are yeah his identity. yeah yeah which again i think is re- is so common to a lot of people not to the level where you'd murder someone no, and and uh, we don't all do that <laughs> during our periods of self-loathing but it's 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 real and it still happens even now and so let's not you know pretend that it doesn't and pretend that actually even now whatever 30 years on from Colin and Barry mm-hmm. things are hunky-dory and you know that's partly why last last year year before that why we 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 did a whole homophobic violence and murder story with Paul, who Ben was with, that we were really clear as a team that in some ways life has moved on massively since Colin rocked up 
and now you know you can get married and you can adopt and have kids and you have got legal protection against you being sacked from your job and all sorts of things that are different age of consent has changed it's you know when I came out as gay it was 21 and for years that's what my mum worries about was actually that I could go to jail for the boyfriends that I was bringing home mm-hmm. and but so whereas in some ways things have gone on you still get called names on the street you still get spat at you still get beaten up you still get stamped you know your head stamped on on the ground you still get murdered in Britain in 2017 that still goes on and so at the same time it's going great aren't things haven't things moved on you want to go well they have but also this happens and let's be aware of that and let's talk about that and so let's show that yeah and I was going to talk about that in in terms of the reaction that people have to gay characters in EastEnders so we you know we spoke about Colin Barry and it was just a a peck on the head and there was this controversy yeah a couple years ago I know Ben and Paul kind of had that sort of more raunchy sort of sex scene and there was a lot of controversy about that what are your thoughts on kind of the response to those kind of scenes where they see two men kind of loving each other basically I think there are some people who there are some people who just don't want to watch any kind of physical affection or nudity or whatever, mm. and they will they will say similar actually about straight couples to go off. It was a bit too much for seven thirty. It's awful. I'm sat at home and I'm having my tea, and it was a bit disgusting. Spluttering uh, on their tea. And there's and they will and so some will do that actually, whether it's a man and a woman or a man and a man. Right. Uh, there are others who will be. I don't mind you being gay, but I really don't want to see it. I, yeah. You know, I don't want it thrust down my throat. Classic response. Uh, all of that, although it, anyone who knows straight men being drunk will actually they're the ones thrusting it down your throat. Half the time <laughs> themselves, especially the ones who complain loudest, you're going to look at me and go, cut story. that out. <laughs> don't say that. With, uh, could be. A, I'm sure we've done that as a storyline actually somewhere. Uh, but it's uh, what was I going to say? So some uh, some people will just be outraged. Mm. And there are people who, are, who, would, who that is their action. I, I don't want to watch that. Often it'll be, I'm uncomfy because now I might have to talk about that with me because my kids might just say, why are those two men kissing? Mm-hmm. And actually I will have to say, well, some men just do. To which then most kids go, oh, okay. And move on to the next thing. This terror of what will we do? There will be five-year-olds in the room and... And those five-year-olds, some of whom will grow up to be gay, some of whom, all of whom will grow up to have gay mates. Mm. That is just, you know, you tell kids, you don't shy away. You just go, yeah. And, uh, but also sometimes we over, back to the social media thing, and where, you know, way back in the day, if you really wanted to complain about Colin and Barry, you had to write a letter to the BBC or ring and get on the duty log, or you had to really work really hard to object to something mm-hmm. uh, now it's the easiest thing in the world you just sit there you just tweet about it and you go oh I'm a bit disgusted and sometimes we confuse you know Twitter and social media is great in a lot of ways but it gives a mouthpiece to anyone and sometimes we just have to remember that actually those who are loudest aren't necessarily representative of anything and they're certainly not the you know the majority of people just watch telly mm. yeah. and chat to their mates and 
and don't think what I've really got to do is get on social media and talk about it. Some people do, and they are often a little bit fanatical, a bit extreme, or whatever. And just because they're shouting, let's not treat them as representative. And the you know, and now the press jump on that, and they're very good at going. Viewers are outraged by whatever, and you go, no, hang on. The reality is, three people on Twitter have gone. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. So your headline should be: three people on Twitter said that that kiss was disgusting. But you're not. You're representing it as if somehow a representative sample, a national, a national outcry, and it's just at times, you know, Something it's all right. You just go. Thing, yeah, quite. Because obviously we never think. Because none of us have children, or no children, or work with children, or or anything. It's just we're just completely irresponsible people who. It always makes me laugh when they're like, "Oh, Ofcom got you know fifty complaints," and you know if you think of oh, fifty people, but then when you put it into context that what eight million people watch EastEnders, that's like zero point zero 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 one percent of. And probably 49 out of those 50 people won't have watched it. Yeah, they've just read all the time. I have heard that you're doing this story and I am disgusted. I will be disgusted before it's even gone out because someone on Mumsnet has told me they're doing this and I think it's really awful and it's really bad and I'll go, that is really awful. So actually, I'm going to retweet your thing or I'm going to share your Facebook post and I'm going to get in and go, I'm absolutely disgusted that this story that hasn't yet turned up on TV and probably won't turn up in the way that I think it might do and that I don't watch anyhow but I'm disgusted by it <laughs> and so you know you have to go what sort, what sort of person actually personally I don't spend a lot of my time even having an opinion on things that I don't watch I don't listen to I don't whatever it's you know there's little enough of my time to have an opinion on things that I might watch yeah. uh, let alone to share that opinion with other people <laughs> let alone to have an opinion on something I haven't seen and to go to the effort of sharing it some people you just think life get one something that came up on a on a discussion panel this year was talking about um bisexual characters yeah in soap and rep- positive representation of bisexual characters do you think more needs to be done particularly with male bisexual characters because they seem to get discrimination from both sides there's been a lot mm-hmm. in the press about kind of gay guys don't truly believe that bisexual guys are, you know, it's, it's part of a coming yeah. out process and women might not feel that they are interested in them, that they're still closeted. Do you think more of that representation needs to be in soaps to kind of tackle that problem and that kind of stigma around bisexual people? I think, I think as soaps, we, we have a responsibility to show the whole spectrum of sexuality. Yeah. Uh, and so we have, you know, at the moment, we'll have, we've got Johnny, who's only ever been gay. We have Ben, who is gay, but has ha- been with women for different reasons. We have Tina, who's a lesbian, who sometimes enjoys sleeping with men. We have Sonia, who is bisexual, doesn't often say up front, I am bisexual, but is very upfront about sometimes I have relationships with men, sometimes I have relationships with women. We have we had Kyle, who was a trans man. Uh, so we've had Stephen, who's just died, who was a bi guy. Uh, but we kind of forgot about it slightly in the last year and a half. But when he came back and you had some moments where you would see him clocking other blokes. Mm-hmm. 
but since then we have played that he is in a relationship with a woman with two women uh, and I think just because we didn't play a conversation where he said actually I don't love men anymore I just love women it can become oh so you just you know you've turned him straight now haven't you we've forgotten the fact that and you go well no because actually he probably does fancy men but we're not seeing that and uh, I think you're right we haven't played and we have but we had uh, Gary Lucy who played a character who Saeed had a fling with and then he came back and had a fling with Lucy Beale Gary Lucy with Lucy two Lucy's and uh, and yeah that I think we touched on a bit that she was or oh, what do I think about the fact that you've been with men uh, I think you're right there is an attitude in bits of bits of the LGBT world that don't like the B bit of it and that do have that attitude of bye today, go gay tomorrow and uh, so I think we show fluidity of sexuality sometimes because that comes from a character, sometimes because we're looking for a new way to take that story sometimes because we. one of the hard things about having gay characters and soaps is that we always have a limited number of characters and uh, by the time I've slept with the other two gay characters on my soap, I either have to be terminally single uh, or wait until we've got the budget to bring a new character in. Uh, or you go, all right, should we just make him buy? So that, because uh, then there's a whole wealth of people they can sleep with until we've got the budget to bring in another person. So at times it's driven, I guess, by the reality of yeah. wanting to get a bit of action for and not just go. I remember when you know we brought Johnny in and uh, you're going alright how, lo how long until him and Ben get together mm. and people still wait and go are they going to get to are they aren't they and you go well there's, and we did actually I mean, we got them together briefly for a night and then played this uh, a day long story of them both thinking oh my god the other one's now going to want a relationship whereas they're so not my type mm. they were just quite a nice shag for an evening uh, so at times you, you have that thing of just going oh well they're going to you know, we've got a game, we've got another gay, so we better put the gays together. So I, th I think we're good at showing the, the for and for some people, sexuality is a fluid thing. Yeah. There are, for a lot of people it isn't, that just, I will for my whole life, I'm a man who will only be with women, or a, a man who will only be with man. men. For others it is a fluid thing, that at times you'll be more attracted to one or another, at times it's actually, I only ever want relationships with women, but every now and then I just have a little fantasy about another man. All of these things are, are real, and so I think we should, you know, we'll go wherever the good stories are. And speaking about where the good stories are, are there any sort of issues within the LGBT community that you think EastEnders have yet to sort of touch upon? One, the one that comes to mind for me is obviously in the 90s, Mark Fowler um, had HIV keeps a straight character yeah. and it would be quite good to with the advances in treatment of HIV and PrEP yeah. and in trials is you know HIV isn't a death sentence anymore yeah. to see that play out on, on, a, on a major soap with a, with a gay character because there's still such a stigma around it people don't fully understand yeah. that that's, that's the reality today could you see 
that playing out some sometime in the future. I could totally see uh, Hollyoaks are touched on. Yeah. Hollyoaks are, uh, yeah. and and, and Hollyoaks are brilliant in dealing with or putting out there LGBT issues and sexual health issues and and mm. I mean they're a different they're a different beast they're a different so. I think there is a fantastic story there somewhere again for us it's about finding what the story is yeah. that tells us something about characters because it's one thing to show a we had a story several years ago it was the blink and you miss it uh, story with Kim where she thought she found out that one of her ex-partners uh, had HIV and she went for an HIV test and went to a clinic and got her results there and then and found out that she was all right. And we, so we had a bit of exploring, how do I feel? Mm -hmm. How will I feel if I get the stuff? And again, it was a very, and I remember then actually us getting uh, social media going, don't they do any research? I think you'll find that actually it takes weeks. When I had my HIV test, it took weeks for results, blah, blah, blah. And you're not going, actually, part of the point of this story was to show that you can actually get same day testing now and it does exist yeah. and uh, whatever. Uh, so, but it was, it was a moment. It would be, it's finding the story. So for us to tell a story in which whatever Ben gets becomes HIV positive and what that means uh, that actually us going this is the reality of PrEP and, and stuff is just a public health announcement mm -hmm. what you need to look at as a story is how does that change his life how does he feel about that how does he feel about it does this change his own self-image does this change the routine of his day are there things that he struggles with? How does it affect him now with new relationships? At some way you're finding what is the big story yeah. rather than just here are some facts that have changed. But I would love to do a gay HIV story. Uh, I would, I think we've not done a gay rape story. We might have done, I don't think we've done We've touched with Tina and Tosh on domestic abuse, which I think was fantastically important. I think there's more that we can do there. I think we've never looked at lesbian or gay parenting massively. We've got plenty of characters who have kids. Tosh and Tina a little bit as well. We did a little bit that they kind of wanted to and whose sperm shall be used. And obviously they wanted Dean's just because he was hugely good looking uh, and why wouldn't you except he was then a rapist uh, but you uh, what am I saying we haven't and we looked at it a bit with Christian Saeed they decided briefly at one point they'd have a baby with Roxy yeah. and then decided not to and but what we haven't done uh, particularly I guess we have Sonia has Bex and a teenage we haven't got, we, I don't think we've done a gay or lesbian couple being parents and it being just a story about family and parenting and the challenges of having kids or teenage kids and the fact that they happen to be lesbian or gay yeah. is not what it's, it's not about. And we've never 
done uh, has been all gay adoption or fostering which I've always wanted to do and I desperately wanted to do with Kristen and Saeed uh, and what's hard whenever we actually do look at doing adoption kind of stories we do a lot of I'll give my kid up for adoption uh, I don't think we've ever really series shown a couple a family who go down a route of fostering or adoption and partly I mean, one of the things we come up against is you have to be you know you have to be an established settled couple for uh, several years before actually any responsible agency will go yeah now you can even start that adoption process mm. and that is right and we would want to portray that as right uh, but in the land of soap who the hell has two years of, who gets six months of a stable relationship <laughs> let alone say we're not going that's great but actually what we're having to do now is tie this couple down to being you know loyal monogamous well behaved never have an argument sorted for two years so let's just kill them we'll kill them as characters in order that somewhere down the line we can tell a responsible adoption story so it's just you know it's hard the music for a portrait of excellence has kindly been provided by lauren flax head over to soundcloud.com forward slash lauren flax to hear more thank you to our sponsors the national portrait gallery British Land, the Federation of Small Businesses, Andaz, Absolute, Bloom Gin, Beach Blanket Babylon, and Chappie for believing in the Gay Times Honours. A special thanks to Kaleidoscope Trust, our charity partner for the Gay Times Honours. Kaleidoscope Trust work tirelessly to uphold the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans people internationally. And finally, thank you to Matthew Stone for his 10 one-of-a-kind artworks. You can find out more about the Gay Times Honours in our show notes and at gaytimes.co.uk forward slash honours. 